everybody, welcome to another Prog Report interview. Ben Arion is back with a new album called Transitus. comes out September 25th. I'm really pleased to welcome back to the Prog Report show, Mr. Arian Lucasen. Hi, Roy. Hey, how are you, man? How's it going? Good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's been a little while. A few years yeah, again. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking, and uh, I guess it was back for the source back in uh, 2017 when. Okay, that when, was a while. Yeah, yeah when yeah. We, you know when we could travel, when the world was normal. Remember those exactly. times? Exactly, <laughs> a long time ago. Vaguely remember. <laughs> so, uh, have you been, man? How how are things treating you? Um, you know, with the with the whole virus and the lockdown, how are things going for you? Oh man, I've been in lockdown for for thirty years now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm totally used to the to the quarantine. No, I I'm really I, I I don't notice anything. You know, I I don't tour. I don't have a family. I don't have kids. Uh, I go shopping once a week, and that's it. So, right. uh, no business as usual. Oh well, that's good. I mean, in a way, I mean that's that's uh, the best you could hope for. I think um, you know it's great. You know, I'm totally independent, so I'm not dependent on anyone, and uh, no boss to tell me what to do and stuff. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All good. All good. That's right. And you? Well, uh, yeah, we're doing okay. I'm over in in Florida in, in the U.S., and uh, you know we've had a rough go here here and there. Seems to be getting mm-hmm. a little better. With, People, a little a people little, following yeah. the uh, the mask rules a little bit more and, and stuff. So we'll okay, see. Okay. We'll see how it goes, yeah. you know. I'm but you can still work? You you got plenty to do or we're busy, yeah. The the you know, the one thing I'll say which we've we've talked about before on this podcast is the music uh, hasn't stopped coming. I mean it is everyone right. everyone's oh, yeah. putting out music and it's more than right, maybe even more. Maybe even more. And so at least yep. that's kept people like myself very busy. So I'm grateful for that, you know, it's good. Good. Good thing. Good yeah. Thing. But uh I want so so you have the new album, Transitus, uh coming out on the twenty fifth, September twenty fifth. You know what's interesting? Right. I looked up and it's almost twenty five years since the first album, like to the next October twenty seventh. 1995 was the final experiment okay okay yeah you're right didn't even think about that 25 years holy shit (laughs) for my for me arion is still my new project right (laughs) (laughs) i mean can you imagine uh when you were putting that first album out that uh you know 25 years later and more than a dozen records i mean it's it's been quite a run well roy that First album was called The Final Experiment, and it's not for nothing, because yeah. I really thought that would be my final experiment. <laughs> <laughs> really, it was, I tried everything, you know, for 15 years in various bands, uh, trying to make music that I thought people would want to hear. And then I made a solo album, like trying something totally different and commercial. That flopped. And then it was like, okay, let's let's do a final experiment. Let's just make the music that I like and let's not give a shit about what other people think. And there you go. Yeah. Well, how many times has that been the story for people? I mean, right. Just do what you want to do. And, and it's true. Yeah. It's true. Cause that's, that's what you're best at, you know? That's right. I mean, uh, if you try, if I try to make music like Bon Jovi, I fail hopelessly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't, I can't do catchy stuff. It's, it's not something I, enjoy myself and uh, i mean i can try to be as catchy as i can yeah but um the real mainstream stuff it, it just doesn't appeal to me so 
Uh, who wants who wants that anyway? We have we, we need we need the good stuff in the in the prog world from guys like yourself. <laughs> yeah, true. We we need the obscure prog stuff. Yeah, you know? the more the, obscure the better. The two hour concept <laughs> albums. That's that's what we like. So that's it. Forty minute songs. Go <laughs> thick as a brick. <laughs> so uh, I mean, um, the last album, the source, was back in twenty seventeen. And uh, but but, you know, you've been very busy. You had uh, a couple of live releases and, and different things coming out, reissues and stuff. Very busy in terms of stuff True. coming out. Um, talk about the last few years between all of those things and, and then also deciding to put out this record. How was how, how it juggling all that stuff? Uh, well, in, to, I finished the source and then I thought I'd realize my dream. Let's make a movie. You know, I'm a huge movie fan and television series and stuff. So I and I loved Jesus Christ Superstar, you know, which which was the reason for me and Tommy, of course, to, reason for me to do rock operas. So I thought, let's make my own movie. So that's how it started. I basically just just started and and wrote all the music, um, with the movie in mind. So like every little piece of music, I know exactly what would happen in the, in the movie. And um, in, indeed, in the meantime, you know, we did all the live stuff. I mean, that takes up a lot of time, uh, of course, organizing it, the rehearsing. And eventually when it's finished, you know, the whole DVD has to uh, has to be mixed and, and has to be the, the, the footage has to be edited to behind the scenes has to be made. So, yeah, um, I could say I worked on this for three years, but of course it's not entirely true because a lot of projects came in between. Yeah. But I had no rush with this, you know. It was just like, let's work on it uh, whenever I can. And uh, I think it was good because when I had something in between, like like mixing uh, the, the 5.1 for, uh, for the Aerial Universe live shows, you know, I, I could come back to it and listen with fresh ears. So I think it was a good thing. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, that era in universe stuff was, was incredible. Um, where, I mean, how was that for you to put together? Uh, well, of course, first there was the, the theater equation in 2015, right. and which was not really organized by me, but, um, and a lot, lot went wrong. <laughs> it was, basically it was a total mess and uh, all the money disappeared and, and oh my god when i think back on it but anyway it, it made me see that it was possible it made me see that you could sell out four times and that it was musically possible so then i got together with yost who who uh, is the keyboard player of course and he organized the music at the theater equation which was perfect and i told him let's do this ourselves you know let's do the area on universe uh let's let's uh make a show that's so huge you know so bombastic <laughs> that 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 uh, no one but and, and it's just a once in a lifetime thing you know live playing live as i sure i told you before is not my thing so right. it was like let's do this once and you know i i thought let we i hope we sell out at least one show and um, within a few hours, we sold out all three shows. So it was sure. like, oh, my God, <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> uh, then we add, we've sold out two shows and then added a, th a third show immediately. So, um, yeah, that's that's when I realized this is possible. And uh, that's when we decided to do the, the Electric Castle in 2019, where we sold out four shows within a day. 
so uh yeah it's it, it's scary stuff for me that the, the playing itself you know because because yeah i have this terrible right. stage fright and i'm uh, you know I, i'm just not not a great performer is what i think um but it was such a success you know that that we uh it, it, it's almost becoming like a tradition 2015 17 19 so 21 <laughs> would be the next but obviously that's you know at the moment that's right well uh, we'll see how it goes but uh up in the air yeah yeah i mean you know you could be one of uh, hundreds of different artists uh, that will hit the road next year if they're allowed it's going to be uh, madness out there people wanting to get back on tour uh, i'm sure i'm sure but you we can't just go do it you know we have right. to we have to it takes a year to set it up and so we have to decide by the end of this year are we going to do it yes or no right so um i i i yeah i i don't know i don't know i think the well at least you know people are interested i mean that that's that's you've got to you've got to know that uh, people want to come see these shows that you're putting on and obviously the way they're selling out which is great yeah that's got to make you feel awesome you know it's 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 incredible, you know, especially from so many countries. You know, it's it's like mm-hmm. twelve thousand people from sixty four countries. It's people traveling from all over the world. Yeah. I mean, what bigger compliment can you get? It's truly amazing. Yeah, incredible. Uh, talking about the new album, um, Transitus, which comes out t- September twenty fifth. Um, you talk about let's talk about this concept. Um, you know, the title. Uh, for those who are not aware of the concept, uh, you know, t- let, let us know a little bit about it. Well, it's a gothic romantic ghost story, uh, as opposed to all the science fiction I did in the past. Uh, it's set in the 19th century. Basically, it's um, it's about a forbidden relationship between a rich man's son. Uh, he's called Daniel. He's played by Tommy and a black servant uh, who's called Abby, who is, uh, and it's played by Cammy Gilbert of Oceans of Slumber. Um, Daniel, uh, so the rich man's son, he dies in a terrible accident and everybody accuses his wife, Abby, of killing him for his money. Hmm. Uh, so uh, Daniel dies, he arrives in transitus and uh, transitus is kind of like limbo or purgatory. So it's the realm between life and death. And um, there he meets the angel of death, and that's uh, Simona, Simons of Epica. Um, and she allows him to return to the living as a ghost for seven days, seven nights to try and prove Abby's innocence. Very cool. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, a nice, <laughs> nice dark story for you. It's, it's pretty dark. It's pretty dark, but yeah. I managed to uh, put some humor in there, which was yeah, very sure. important, you know, like, like the angel of death. Uh, Simona Simons is uh, uh, contrary to what she usually does. She's she's very funny in this part, you know. She's kind of uh, uh, she kind of likes uh, likes Tommy Garvik, you know, in the story, and she's like, "Well, hello there," you know, right. <laughs> in true David Lee Ross style. <laughs> so you had this basically uh, was it done and, and finished recording before all the lockdown stuff? Was yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, not completely, but it was almost finished. Then the lockdown started, and then I was like, okay, you know, um, how can I make a movie now? There's no one who's going to pe- put millions into a movie at this point. Secondly, it's not possible to do the mass scenes, you know, because of all the rules. Uh, so that's when I decided, okay, let's not 
wait until I can make this movie. Let's just release it as an album. Um, but it wasn't an Arion album. So I went to the record company and I, I, I played them the music and I showed them the comic, which is already finished. And we also shot a video clip, which, which will be released uh, uh, at the release date, 25th of uh, September. Um, and they said, well, you know, let's just release it as an Arion. I mean, it's, it's totally different from the source. Uh, but uh, that's what progressive rock is all about, you know, to, to, to keep changing. And, yeah. uh, so I had to get used to the idea and I was like a little bit afraid would fans uh, accept it, you know, because it, it, it wasn't set up as an Arion. But then again, it does have all the Arion ingredients. It, it has the many singers, yeah, the music the many is, different styles. The music right, is very yeah. much in your style, for sure. I mean, true, it's, yeah, true, yeah. I don't think anybody needs to worry that it's show tunes or anything. Um, no, no. <laughs> but, well, it, it it is more musical than uh, rock musical than rock opera. I think that's that's the big difference. So is that is that the reason behind? Uh, so you have a narrator on this one, um, the Doctor Who actor Tom Baker, um, mm -hmm. but known more obviously to to people in in Europe and in the UK and stuff. I, I imagine, but um, right. So so that so that was part of having that that um, narration throughout the the album. Actually, I didn't have narration till the last moment. Oh, and okay. I, I played it to people, and um, a lot of people like like the first ten minutes are challenging. You know, <laughs> you go from one extreme, like a big choir, like the Omen. You go into a beautiful soft Pink Floyd stuff part, and uh, many different styles. And people were like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, what's happening? What's happening?" Uh, that's when I realized uh, I would like a, a, a narrator, but the narrator has to be extremely cool, you know, like like in War of the Worlds, you had uh, of course Richard Burton, and he had such a great voice that that it wasn't annoying at all. And um, I mean, there are lots of examples like Journey to the Center of the Earth of Rick Waitman, David Hemmings. And so, yeah, I looked for for a, um, a narrator uh, that's kind of like a grandfather who was telling a story right. to his, his kids. So so really a, a storyteller. And um, I've been working with a couple of my hero actors, you know, in the, in the last years on my solo album with Rutger Hauer from Blade Runner and... Uh, the Electric Castle live shows. We had John Delancey who played Q in Star Trek Next Generation. So it was kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like an addiction, you know. I'd be oh, it's possible to work with my favorite actor. So I just tried and um, succeeded, luckily, in getting my my hero because um, because I, I it was my formative years, you know, and I right. watched every every show and and bought the, the beta max and the vhs and the dvds and the blu-rays etc um that was truly a dream come true especially because he was so into it and he put yeah. so much of himself in it yeah i mean he's he's the most recognizable doctor who for me that i oh, yes. that i know yeah because because he played himself he said, I didn't have to act, you know, that that guy, that's me. <laughs> and, and, and it's true, you know, I, I met him and he is that guy, you know, he has that twinkle in his eye and he has the the, the humor all the time. And, right. and, and it's it's totally, yeah, totally. That's very cool. You also have a, a million guests, as you always do. 
uh, Joe right. Satriani on this one, Dee Snyder, Marty Friedman, um, a bunch of other people. So again, you know, I always like always ask you this question, but it's like, how do you decide who's going to be on this album versus the last one? How do you get an idea of who you know, or do, how does it work out for each album? How did it work out for this one? This this album was actually very very different. Uh, usually, I just look for a voice because we won't see this person. Right. But this time I was working on a movie uh, and I loved the idea that uh, the people on the album, the singers on the album, would also be the actors in the movie. Uh, this happened with G-Sky Superstar, you know, a couple of the actors, uh, singers of the album were also acting in the movie. Um, so I had to choose the singers, not just by their voice, but also by the way they look. Do they fit the character? Do they have charisma? Uh, can they act? So, um, yeah, I just browsed through all my favorite, favorite singers. And uh, uh, I first came up with, with uh, Tommy Karavik and Simone Simons, you know, two beautiful people who, who have a lot of charisma and a lot of experience in acting in video clips. Uh, and, and yeah, just took it from there. Just, just uh, looked around and, and who could be perfect for this story. And I, I've, I think I've seen that D. Snyder's done some kind of acting and musical theater things, right? Right. So, I mean, he'd be right. he'd be great for something like this. Totally, totally. And and uh, the part of the father was very important because it's just one song, and this guy has to come on the scene and eat eat the whole scene. You know, <laughs> it has to right. be such a charismatic dude. And 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 uh, uh, so I made a little list of of. Uh, singers i wanted there because you never bet on one horse you know because it, it it's you negotiate for months and months with managers and agencies and whatever so uh, i always try a couple and and luckily with d snyder i got through because i heard his last album and and he sang so powerful yeah. so i really felt that he would uh, elevate this song to to like a higher level and he did yeah, no, he's a great, great, great singer. Um, so that's interesting about the part of the movie. And now you were recording this at the time with that in mind. Um, yeah. Did you give the singers different instructions in what you wanted from them versus what you used to do with previous Good records? question. Good question. Yeah. Uh, usually I, I, I would tell singers, you know, what their part in the, in the story is. But this time it was even more important. It was really important that they knew what was going on. So uh, with every song they started when they were here in my studio, I would explain the story and I would explain their motivation and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and also I had all the singers that came to my studio, I, I made them audition. So we put up a blue, uh, green screen and mm. we filmed them all uh, against the green screen acting out their part. You know, so I would have something to show uh, a movie company when I when when I would get the funding, you know, like these are the actors. This is what they can do, um, which is a good thing. I did that because now we're doing all the video clips, the lyric videos, and I have all this material that I can use. So oh, that's, nice. that's, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So were you going to be the director? Uh, no, because we, we did uh, a clip. Uh, and my my direction <laughs> my directions were terrible. So. <laughs> no, I, that's not my thing. That's right. not my thing. So um, what I did was I just 
Yeah, well, you know me. You know, I, I, I work with the best guitar players like Joseph Triani. I work with the best actors like Tom Baker. Yeah. I uh, also wanted to work with the best director. So I just contacted my favorite Dutch director um, who made my favorite Dutch movie of all, all time. It's called The Lift. It's, it's like a horror movie about Lift, believe it or not. Um, uh, who, who's a guy who who colors outside the lines? You know that's right. a, that's a Dutch expression. I don't know if it's an English expression. Sure. Uh, he 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 dares to uh, uh, to do new things, and uh, to my surprise, he he answered me uh, within a few hours, and he said, "Jesus, man, I love your music, and tell me more." So I've been mailing with him a lot. Uh, then I went to Amsterdam to meet him, and we had a lot of. Uh, talks and he explained how you make a movie how you get the funding for a movie so uh, so he would be the guy to to direct it if it uh, if we get the funding right so musically when when you're writing these concept albums uh it starts does it start with a certain song an idea a motif was it the same process musically this time around no no uh, usually i i just start with with the uh, any chord sequence or any guitar riff or or synthesizer sound or whatever and i just record it and i i keep recording and then at some point the music inspires me to come up with a story uh, then often i don't even know what the project is going to be but this time i i, I knew i was going to make a movie so i i um yeah i i compose differently and also a big difference Usually, I uh, you know I don't want to be influenced by other music when I'm writing, you know. But but this time it was like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm just going to listen to a lot of movie soundtracks. You know, I'm going to listen to John Carpenter and Ennio Morricone and Jerry Goldsmith mm -hmm. and uh, all these all these guys and and just soak it up and uh, make it my own and. <laughs> I tried to make it a little bit different so people won't notice that I totally stole it from, <laughs> from all my heroes. I really I doubt they'll notice. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, I already already did some interviews where people are like, hey, this sounds very much like that. I said, yeah, of course, because that's where I stole it from. That's funny. <laughs> uh, are you somebody that uh, when you're not writing these things, uh, are you always are you always playing the guitar and keyboard or practicing or or when you're not writing for an album, you sort of put stuff away. I don't touch the guitar at all. It's it's no. I I, I gave that up when I heard like the likes of of Ingwie Momstein and stuff. It was like okay, because <laughs> I'm very competitive bastard. I I want always want to be the best at what I do. It's been like that all my life. Right. I, I was I was a great drawer. I could draw beautiful beautiful i still have some drawings at 11 and then there was this guy he came in the class and he was better than me i was like okay that's it <laughs> <laughs> so no i i, I grab the guitar when i want to compose but i would never never ever rehearse anymore or practice or whatever yeah that uh, no no i gave that up <laughs> I always found and, you know, that tough. I always found rehearsing tough, even even in my my short lived days of of playing and and being in bands and things like that with friends and stuff. If we weren't yeah. if we weren't rehearsing for a gig or or a song right, right, or something, right, right. I had no interest in playing. Okay, well, I I did as a kid. I have to yeah. say, I did want to be the best, yeah. so I I rehearsed like hell. 
but at some point noticed that my neighbor was better than me, you know, and, and, and uh, really, really, uh, I still remember a guy moved in and I was listening at the door and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> if my totally unknown neighbor is better than me, you know, then what the hell? <laughs> but no, I wanted to be the best, you know. I, yeah. I, I still, I still remember just listening to Blackmore and listening to Steve Howe and learning the clap, you know. Uh, no, uh, sure. But 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 at some point, uh, I, I realized that you know, I'm much better at composing and producing. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, cool, man. Always good to uh, catch up with you and chat and, and see what's going on in your world. The new project is is really exciting. I think, uh, again, I mean, listen, p- fans of yours, they're going to love this. I think like they love everything else. It's just another another twist and turn like you like you do, which is uh, which is very cool. The album comes out September 25th. And uh, I wish you all the best, man, with it. I hope we get to see that movie one day. Finally, I hope so, too. And I'll, I'll keep working on it and i'm definitely not gonna give up so <laughs> right on. maybe one fine day <laughs> all right man have a good one i'll talk to you later cool roy okay man bye 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 thanks to Ariam for the interview don't forget transitus comes out september 25th make sure to pick it up if you can for upcoming news and interviews please check the parkreport.com follow us on facebook add the park report on twitter and download the podcast on itunes and youtube thank you